doodle went to town a-riding on a pony. He stuck a feather in his hat and called it macaroni. Yankee doodle, keep it up, Yankee doodle dandy. Mind the music and the step and with the girls be handy. <laughs> Yankee doodle. Yes, folks, that was America's first popular song. And that's what this show is all about. What is this? Big sire, is this... This Hades costume is the stinkiest costume on this brand. <laughs> Babies are often very useless when you need to get things done. Take a puff. Do you fear? Bing Bong is a sus individual. We've received your sympathetic vibrations. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersocks. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's gang at patreon.com slash mousemadness. Kyle, we're back for part two. Yeah. We're back in the parks. We're, we're back talking best Disneyland character. And um, we we had some, I feel like, pretty easy matchups on the last bracket, but we, uh, we got some tough ones here. Yeah. And not only that, but we left quite a bit unsaid. There's, there's still some things to talk about with some of these characters here. And I'm excited. Uh, it, it was a heavy... Haunted Mansion dominated bracket to start continues to be. So your mm. intro is perfect for it. We're going to be talking a lot of mansion in this episode and we're going to crown a winner. And to help us crown a winner has a, a pumpkin crown of her own oh, God. right now. Oh, God. It is Tess. Tess, welcome back in the Halloween spirit. You know, we're just knee deep in the Halloween spirit down here in Southern California. Disneyland started uh, Halloween. Um, Coming in high at set on September second, so we out here. You mentioned it in the last episode that the next time you're going to the parks is until January. So you not doing oogie boogie? You not doing any of the the Christmas stuff? What's going on? No, I was referencing that I can't, I can't. I'm not going to see Gus until January because of the, ah. of the Christmas overlay. All right. So are you doing oogie boogie? Are you? Are you? in that Halloween bag. Oh, a thousand percent. And your girl is inspired because she got her inspired key. So your girl <laughs> will not have a pass expire on September 5th. And she will enjoy the Halloween spirits all Halloween season long. But yes, fairy, God, fairy godmother Mandy and I, <gasps> you guys, I'm so sorry. I went a whole episode without mentioning Mandy. Can we just like put a pin in that? Well, well, we, we definitely we, did. Not. We dropped it we, off the top. We dropped it off the top. Okay. Well, we talked about the podcast. Okay. Well, don't, don't tell her. Oh, that's right. Okay. Don't tell her. Okay. <laughs> we'll keep it our little secret. Fine. Sure. Um, but yes, we hollow weekend. We are doing Oogie Boogie and she hasn't done it before. So she's super excited. I love Oogie Boogie more than Mickey's Halloween or Mickey's Halloween party, because you can do so much more over at California Adventures. I'm very, very excited about spoopy season. <laughs> it is upon us for sure. And we're, we're feeling it with this very spooky bracket here. 
And so before we get into this bracket, Chris, spoonful of sugar time, what are you drinking? You know, Kyle, we are not, we, we love Disney. Of course. We're Disney. We're big Disney fans, you know? Yeah. But we don't like to be reduced to that. Right. We, t- we, we also enjoy other non-Disney things. Yep. Uh, non-baseball, non-sports things as well. Um, we've talked Game of Thrones uh, many times on, yeah. on the Mouse Madness podcast. I've I've dropped in uh, some some Game of Thrones comps. Um, House of the Dragon came out a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hot D. Hot uh, D to some. Hot D to some. And uh, we had you over to to Walnut Creek. You you cruised down to the nut. And uh, we shared some some 405s, uh, so we, we didn't quite polish those off uh, <laughs> after the episode one hot D screening, so uh, I'm finishing uh, finishing out another one of those tonight. Uh, shout out to 405. Maybe my favorite beer of all time. Always a classic. Heck yeah. Sorry, did I say 405? I meant you did m- many times. I was like, okay, well, is there a connection? Are we naming um, this what 405 is, what's, today? What's 405? Where is <laughs> 405? 405 is, is here. The, Down here. The 405 is an LA freeway. Hey, great <laughs> beer idea. 405. There you go. I don't even know the name of my favorite <laughs> beer of all time. I don't even know Fun what fact. you're drinking. <laughs> don't even know what you're drinking. Uh, well, I do. I'm drinking a White Claw. <laughs> I had... I have stragglers in my fridge that we need to get rid of and this is the perfect time to do it claw time baby it's still warm out here nice and refreshing gonna get me through this episode tess what are you working with i just really enjoyed the popsicle cocktail concoction that i had this past weekend um and i don't have a punny name other than i still cannot get it's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow out of my head. So I hope it's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow after another cocktail night yeah. with, with my boys. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll check back in tomorrow about that one and see if it is indeed a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Um, drinks in hand. Let's talk about how we got to where we are right now. Uh, our demographic that we surveyed to talk best Disneyland character were people standing in line for the Mickey pumpkin head at Disneyland waiting to get their photos taken. We got, it's a very diverse demographic there. So we got a ton of great Disneyland characters in that round of 16. We talked about a few that missed the dance though. Hatbox ghost, the star tours, safety spiel lady, the pirate dog with keys, all of these different characters. And we, we whittled down the 16 that we did have on the bracket to an elite eight. That looks like this. The number one, Hitchhiking Ghosts from the Haunted Mansion versus the number nine, Big Daddy John from the Carousel of Progress. The number four, Madame Leota from the Haunted Mansion is going to be taking on the number five, Rex from Star Tours and Oga's Cantina. The number 15, Eagle Sam from America Sings is going to take on the number 10, Singing Busts from the Haunted Mansion. And we're going, we're going back to the mansion for this next matchup. It's number six, the ghost host versus the number three, Jose from the Enchanted Tiki Room. Chris, you let off last time. I'll dive in with this first matchup. It's the uh, number one, Hitchhiking Ghost versus the number nine, John. I don't have too much else to add to John, given that I haven't seen him in the animatronic flesh. Watch the Carousel of Progress on YouTube. Uh, I enjoyed how dad-like this man is. 
Uh, he is like the the most quintessential caricature of a like dad that you can get and especially like a suburban dad as you get closer to present day in this carousel of progress rotating theater where he's mindful of what the kids are doing but not often knowing exactly what they're up to one bit he leads off uh, this new era of progress by saying it's autumn here and the kids are back to school Thank goodness. Like, oh, yeah, what a dad comment for big John to leave. Yeah, I like that energy out of him. It's like it's fun to have a a, he's almost like an uncle even have that uncle kind of tell the stories. You know, you want to listen to what John has to say. You want to see what he's going to be pointing out. It's nice to have a narrator. And this is where the Mark Twain captain and the sub captain maybe faltered a little bit. It's nice to have a narrator that you can sort of interact with, but they are also interacting with their sets. If you think about what John is doing, he's doing exactly what these captains of these nautical vehicles are doing in which they're like over on the left, over on the right, we're passing this, we're passing that. John's pointing to these things. And luckily enough for us, these things are able to like come to life. So it's John summoning us to to check out his new icebox and the doors of the fridge opened up and close. And I really like that. I think that's super cool. It's not that John's magic, but he's narrating a scene and, and guiding us to it with his arm movements and and bringing us to a focal point. And I think that's really cool. And it, he's an engaging character. It's also nice to have a character that stays the same but changes through these eras it's like oh theater spinning wonder what john's gonna be wearing next <laughs> like, that's just a fun aspect of his character and of the carousel of progress in general i would love a carousel of progress that starts in the 50s and brings us into the, the way far future i would love to yeah. see them renovate that and give us a modern day carousel of progress uh so i love i love john a lot he's great Hitchhiking Ghosts, I gave you their names last time. Uh, I get, I gave you their backstories per the Disney Parks vlog, which is our Bible of truth that we've kind of used on this podcast so far for this bracket anyways. But it's really cool to read even further into their history a little bit. And I sent a photo to, to Chris that I was using this book called The Un- Unauthorized Story of Walt Disney's Haunted Mansion by author Jeff Bam, who had a podcast of his own for a long time called Doom Buggies. He founded DoomBuggies.com. He kind of became this like fan of the Haunted Mansion that actually documented a lot of the history of it that Disney started to lean on for a lot of their own stuff and, and going to Jeff and being like, listen, we low-key don't even have a photo of this hatbox ghost, but we know that you have one on your website. Do you mind if we use that? Like that's kind of crazy. So he wrote this book uh, that is the the history of the haunted mansion. That's not from the Disney press, which is why it's unauthorized. But he has some great quotes in it from a lot of the Imagineers that worked on it. And the hitchhiking ghosts were originally sort of this like afterthought in the build of the haunted mansion, but they were always in the blueprint. So like they were rushed to get in there, and and that gag with the mirrors was also rushed to get in there. That's kind of why it's at the end. <laughs> they were like, shoot, we still have the hitchhiking ghosts. And it's awesome that they were able to pull it off using very, very primitive 
magic technology, quote unquote magic technology with like this Pepper's ghost type effect, except for the fact that when you're looking at the mirrors, it's really just a a piece of glass in a dimly lit room. So you see the figure behind it and you see your reflection because it's so dimly lit. It's just so great. I the, Disney using these practical effects to enhance the character experience is really great. And you that brings out the hitchhikers. It's one thing if they were just standing there being like, can we get a ride? And you're like, haha, that's great. But then they appear in your doom buggy. They were, they were able to get a ride from you. Apparently they followed you home. Uh, I don't like, I don't, I don't need Gus following me home. Uh, <laughs> this, uh, what if he actually did commit that crime? I don't need him living there with me. So it's cool. I really like uh, them. They, we talked about Haunted Mansion merch on the last show and how Disney can't get Madame Leota right. They've really leaned on the hitchhiking ghosts. It's like wallpaper, hitchhiking ghosts, uh, and then sometimes the, the bride. And recently, Madame Leota, <laughs> which they just can't get right. But hitchhiking ghosts are everywhere. You can buy them as figurines. You can buy them on on shirts. Haunted Mansion, like <laughs> Haunted Mansion merch wearables, are awful. They are awful. I don't know if you've seen any of them, especially in this kind of Halloween season. But it's just like they tried to embody the chaos of the the mansion which isn't necessarily chaotic there's just a lot going on in these very like loud purple and <laughs> green shirts that use different materials on top of each other that use quotes from the mansion out of context like very bad and almost all of them are accompanied by the hitchhiking ghosts so they've become not just the characters but the symbols for what the mansion is and that's super important, I think. Like, you can interact with them on the attraction, but then when you think of the attraction, you think of them. And that's huge. And I think, I, I, I think they deserve this number one seed. And I think they deserve to move on past John here. I love John. I love what he gives to us and that he is the kind of focal point of the entire carousel of progress. But when it comes to... What I love about Disney char- Disneyland characters is that maybe necessarily I don't need them to tell me the story. Maybe I can just encounter them and get the story in full from there. So I like the Hitchhiking Ghost for that reason. I'm moving them on. I have uh, quite a lot to add to our John conversation Please, here. please. Um, uh, because I am a Carousel Progress a fan, big fan, big, big fan of the attraction. So um, just to get a little... Just- little bit into the history of the character himself. Uh, the original 1964 John, uh, the father, was performed by Rex Allen, who was a big uh, Westerns guy. He was in a hmm. lot of Westerns, but also the narrator of Charlotte's Web, the animated oh. film that you probably watched in elementary school. <laughs> yep. uh, he obviously did this narration 60 years ago about... Um, but he remains in the cast. Actually, he is the voice of the grandpa in the 2000s scene. He, he has one of my favorite lines in the ho- whole show. And he says, tell the refrigerator to bring me a root beer. <laughs> uh, so Rex Allen, John, number one, John, number two in 1975. So 11 years later, the show was recast with Andrew Dugan, Duggan. 
another Westerns guy. That's that's about it. Interesting. But, uh, in 1993, the show was majorly overhauled. That's when the 2000s scene that we see today was implemented. Um, and Gene Shepard became the voice of John. Uh, Gene Shepard was a radio personality. Uh, he was also most famously the narrator and co-writer of A Christmas Story. So huh. if you go back and watch that movie this holiday season, you will recognize the voice of Gene Shepard, the voice of John from Carousel Progress in that film. So fun wow. little, little treat to Dang. get you to 2023. Um, without question, this is not documented anywhere, but it is very <laughs> plain to see if you think hard enough about it. John is a vessel for Walt Disney himself. Thousand, I, I totally agree. Walt loved... Okay, then this is in the intro of the attraction. Gene Shepard, before the curtains go up on Carousel of Progress, he says, Walt loved the idea of progress, and he loved the American family, and he was probably as American as anyone could possibly be. And so we see John have a brown, short, comb-over haircut, (laughs) and he's got that mustache. He's got that Walt Disney mustache. So you know that when Walt was putting this show together, he's like, that's... Put me on that stage. I'm your daddy. I'm your daddy. (laughs) Have you ever watched any of my Disneyland TV shows? Oh, you have? Okay, just do that. Just put me, put this character into a chair and be like, and we are doing this, and we have this, and we're doing this. So when we're talking about John, and John being this sort of figure for like the the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant family, we're also talking about Walt Disney and the way that he saw himself. Yeah, dang. Um, or right. at least the way that he believed things should be. Right. So just to add on to some of your uh, ways that John is dad-like, because there are many more, uh, perhaps my favorite one is the fact that John has lumbago. uh, And if you don't know what lumbago is, lumbago is basically lower back pain. And everyone's dad has some type of uh, back pain or back stiffness uh, and walks around like it after they get up from the couch. That's just the way dads are, okay? Um, but my favorite, my favorite part about it is he says, um, uh, his wife, Sarah says, I have to bring in the laundry before it starts raining cats and dogs. And John says, it's not going to rain today. My lumbago isn't acting up. <laughs> oh my God. So is, is John Karen from Mean Girls? Does he have ESPN or something? Yeah. John's rocking some mean ESPN. He's got there's a 90% chance that it's already raining. Yep. I love that you guys could quote me, girl. <laughs> so he's got some lower back pain. Uh, Kyle, uh, he's also he's also out here making predictions. Just randomly being like, remember, remember who said? Remember who said? Which is something my dad does. <laughs> This is verbatim. He'll say, he'll say, remember who said blah, blah, blah. So John says when uh, they get the TV yep. in the 1950s, he says, one day people learn Latin and Greek in front of their TV. <laughs> Definitely wrong. Definitely uh, not the use of TV. And no one 
cares about Latin or Greek anymore. Right. Little joke. Um, John, my like, okay. So the lumbago thing is like my favorite, my favorite, probably like bit, but my second favorite for sure. Maybe I'll take that newfangled trolley down to the drugstore soda fountain to meet the boys for a cold sarsaparilla. (laughs) (laughs) Going out drinking with the boys. Uh, Big commuter. Big commuter as well in 1950s. He says, I'm out here hopping in my car doing this thing called commuting. Crazy. John, throughout the years, John ignores his chores. Turn of the century, 1900s, he avoids cleaning the oven. He says yep. ovens will never clean themselves. Ha ha. In the 1920s, he his son actually mentions that he's always the one that has to change the fuse, so we can assume that John tries not to do that as well. He loves his new dishwasher uh, in the 50s because he doesn't have to dry dishes <laughs> after supper. Uh, he also doesn't want to help Sarah with papering the walls in their house. Yep. During the holiday season, John is the turkey guy. He's in charge of the turkey, (laughs) as all as all dads are. Uh, And he also burnt the turkey last year, as dads will do, as well as this year. John burns that (laughs) turkey. Rover, Rover is John's dog. Shout out to Rover. Shout out Rover, real good Disney dog. John has a good relationship with him. He's man's best friend. Rover is eternal. He's he uh, he loves taking uh, John loves taking Rover out for the evening walk. He says that uh, not doing the di- trying the dishes makes uh, makes them have a longer walk. So that's cool. That's cool, yeah. John. Thanks, John. Big Yankee fan. Big Yankee fan, John. That's why the, I, th- maybe at, that's why I think he's like uncle material. Because <laughs> you always have that one uncle that's like, oh, the Yankees, though. <laughs> he, at the very least, he's a Babe Ruth supporter, and he acknowledges the greatness of of Babe Ruth. So maybe, maybe he's like me and the Angels, where like I can acknowledge Shohei Otani, but I don't like I'm not like an Angels fan. Uh, sure, yeah, sure. You mentioned the fact that he's always like, man, it's so great. It's like oh, the so, so sick these the best days. Time. I mean, yeah, that's a big dad thing. Very, very being very proud, very optimistic. Um, Every time periods the, the goat. Every or time, even even like back when I was a kid. Exactly. Back when I was that's a kid, ex- I had to exactly, walk to school. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Like it's the Disney optimism version of well, back in my day. <laughs> Instead of <laughs> it's like now is the time. Now is the best time. Uh, so so much to this character John um very very deep very fleshed out um oh my gosh i have to add <laughs> one of the weirder things that they put in this show um i guess the stereotype that every dad has a secret porn stash <laughs> oh yeah um, that was weird at one point john's son gets a hold of his stereoscope and he says Oh, so this is little Egypt doing the hoochie coochie. And John says, you better put that away before your mother finds it. That was was mind boggling. When I watched that, I was like, what what did what did we what did we just find? (laughs) What is he looking at? Little Egypt was and he goes on to say like little Egypt's like the big star of the um, 
St. Louis World's Fair, I think is what it was. But mm. back around the turn of the century, Little Egypt was like a was a big act that was at the Columbian Exposition and and a lot of this um, a lot of these other like World's Fairs type events. Thomas Edison shot uh, Little Egypt dancing is like one of the first ever films. Right, ever. Right, so right. Um, it was like a cultural reference, I think, more than anything. But because so few people know who Little Egypt is, like <laughs> they're like, yeah, that's definitely like. Um, playboy reference or something right uh love me some hitchhiking ghosts but i'm going with john i'm taking john to the final four tess you're breaking the tie but you're a haunted mansion boy i'm a carousel of progress boy too come on now (laughs) i got two halves of my heart one half is for the carousel oh man they're both so great. And this is coming from someone who hasn't seen the Carousel Progress except on YouTube because that's what we do out here. Um, I just, it has to be Hitchhiking Ghosts, though. They're just so, they are the embodiment of Haunted Mansion. Like, when you think of Haunted Mansion, you think of Hitchhiking Ghosts. I think, I think Daddy John needs to take his his porno stash and just, you know, <laughs> just need to figure some things out. But I think Hitchhiking Ghosts, I think they, they, they take the cake for sure. All right. The Hitchhiking Ghosts move into the final four. The one seed is cruising. Brings us to our next round of eight matchup. It's the number four seed, Madam Leota versus the number five seed, Rex. From Star Tours. Mm. Uh, Rex from Star Tours. Let's talk about him again for a second. Um, I mentioned on the last episode that I appreciated his kind of inexperience behind yeah. the wheel. Um, it's certainly dangerous. Uh, <laughs> certainly very dangerous. But um, he is somewhat likable in the process as well. Uh, I don't really know if that has to do with the script or Paul Rubin's performance, but I would say that one of my favorite um, exercises when I'm thinking about character is the uh, alignment chart uh, where it's like neutral, chaotic, logical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rex is your chaotic good. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Uh, And and I I love Rex for that. Uh, in, in the original version of Star Tours, it's his very first flight. Mm-hmm. I hope you enjoy your first. What does he say? It's like uh, I know it's your first flight, and it's mine too. Yep. Uh, goes the wrong way at the beginning. Takes you through like the garbage dump or cargo bay or something. Um, eventually gets you on track. Hits that light speed. Overshoots Endor, ends up caught in a tractor beam, ends up in the Death Star <laughs> trench. This guy's just out of control. Oh, out but of this control. is where this is where it gets interesting. Is when they're in that like Death Star fight. Yeah. Star Tours, the aircraft is equipped with ca- laser cannons. Yeah, and Rex Rex is out here, Merkin Tie Fighters. He put the scope on. And that, and I did actually did not know the Rex backstory when you were talking about how he got to Oga's and how he was like in a battle. And I was like, that actually makes sense. Like he's been there before. Right. Like maybe he got like a promotion after they saw him help 
the Death Star Trentrum, they were like, all right, we're going to we're gonna get you out here on the Rebel <laughs> Alliance and you're going to be in dogfights and trying to save the universe. So, I also think that he he's always a part of his chaotic goodness is that he is a recipient of good luck a lot of the times, right? And even when he's flying us through the trenches, he is flying us. But I feel like R2 on the back is the one controlling the guns. Hmm. If I because if I remember correctly, he's like barking orders at R2 to like do things, especially when it comes to light speed and all that stuff. R2 light speed to Endor. But I think that R2's the one that's murking folks. I think that Rex has his handful with navigating us through. As you keep talking, I'll look up the script and I'll see if that's, that's yeah, right or not. I, I always uh, kind of interpreted R2 as like the engineer on the Millennium oh. Falcon smugglers run where he's just kind of like <laughs> making sure everything's working and like power <laughs> is going to the correct places. He's just pushing, pushing some buttons. <laughs> pushing buttons. Um, but sure, maybe, maybe Rex um, R2 could be going rogue or, or something. Um, yeah, he becomes a DJ. I like that he's got some little DJ headphones. I think that's a nice touch. Yeah. Um, you kind of mentioned that he short circuits and he goes into his Star Tours lines once in a, in a while. Um, he does some jokes too. He does a little uh, fuzzy tauntaun tastes better on the inside, which is a, <laughs> a nice little Star Wars joke for those familiar with Empire. So even though he is in this kind of new uh, lobotomized form, uh, I think he preserves some of his quirkiness, um, some of his likability, and some of his his comedy, which which I think is pretty cool. It's it's such a rare thing to have a character get a new life uh, in a way like this. I mean, Tom Morrow obviously did it, but the the list is pretty short. Yeah, Madame Leota, going back to her. So I mean. We talked, I talked, I don't want to say we, I want to say I, uh, last episode about the auctioneer and how the different, the new script has him kind of feeling like a different character to me. Madame Leota, I get that from Madame Leota during Haunted Mansion Holiday. Ah. It's like you have this beautiful existencio, goblins, ghoulies from last Halloween, awaken the spirits from, with your tambourine. And then you've got her doing uh, the 12 days of Christmas Mm -hmm. and it's like, all right, just because it rhymes, that doesn't mean it's poetry, dude. Right. Yeah. I like that she's an ornament. I think that's like cool, but I think her, her (laughs) bit is a little bit corny and sort of unnecessary during the holidays. And like these are two different attractions, but it's the same character. So it's like she's the same character in two different attractions. So we have to we have to talk about both. I think. Yeah, I, yeah, um, I think so. Does the does the the holiday ghost host say like, oh, they're the ghosts are materializing uh, in the in the holiday? I don't think he does. I think he's just like, oh, there's a gingerbread house and he's doing, he's, he's, he's doing his own thing. He's doing his own night, night before Christmas. Uh, rhyme. rhyme right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Correct. So and I don't honestly, know what he says. Honestly, like Haunted Mansion Holiday is such a sensory overload with the music happening and ghost house happening Thank at you. the same time. I couldn't, I love that ride, but it is a lot for the brain. 
to process. Yes, I, I, and I completely agree with that. We, we can acknowledge, I think, mentally that Madame Leota is in Haunted Mansion Holiday, but I couldn't tell you a thing that she says. <laughs> I couldn't oh, tell you. I love it. I, I, I love like, I just. And same with the ghost host. Like, I just can't tell you, except for maybe in the stretching room. But, like, I can't tell you because it, as Tess said, to me, it's just sensory overload. Most of the time, I'm trying to pick out things because it's it's so novel. So, yeah, I, Madame Leota is an ornament, and that's about it. And, I mean, the it's fun to talk about that version of Madame Leota because the face actor is Leota Toomes' daughter. And Leota Toomes is the original face actor for Madame Leota, which is why it's Madame Leota. And her daughter is Kim Irvine, who is a very high-ranking Imagineer to this day. Seances, tarot, Ouija boards, mediums. When I was a little kid, terrified (laughs) me. Like the uh, specifically the idea of like the Ouija board, yeah. And so I, I still, when we go through that Leota seance room, back to talking about the normal version of the haunted mansion, just gives me the creeps. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, that's that's part of the effect of of the attraction. But um, it's definitely um, one of those moments where the ride does get. Creepy, gets scary. I think. Uh, have you either of you heard the like urban Disney legend of the kid? There's like a little ghost, like a real life like ghost kid that sits in the chair. No, nope. please tell me. That that I mean that's it. That's the legend. <laughs> what chair? Like a, the chair in the seance room. Because there's a chair at oh, the table. I don't that, like that. And there's a, so there's a raven that sits on the top of the chair and then there's like the table. And so the urban legend is that like, not that a kid died in the attraction, but I think it was like some parents like sprinkled their son's ashes in the ride. And now he sits in the chair sometimes. Oh boy. And so I still, every time I ride the ride, I'm like, is this the time I'm going to see the little kid, (laughs) the ghost kid in the chair? They say Uh, he has Mickey. They say he's wearing Mickey. (gasps) Oh my God. Goodness. Rick Bauer talked wide. <laughs> oh god. There there must have been some like Disney Urban Leg- web Disney Urban Legends website I used to go to a lot when I was like 10. <laughs> um and that one always got me so good. I like what we were talking about um last episode debating whether Leota's real or not. Yeah. Um and at, at the very least calling out the fact that she is the one who sets the the swinging wake into motion. We see the ghosts in the haunted mansion because of Madame Leota. She's the mastermind of this whole thing. Uh, I I will say I think the haunted mansion holiday thing brings her down a peg for me though. Hmm. Um, the fact that Rex is a, a dual attraction character that preserves his identity on both. Um, the fact that he's a chaotic good, uh, the fact that he is not ruined by terrible merchandise. I think, uh, I think I have the five seed <laughs> in a very, very close upset here. I think I'm moving Rex on. Ah, uh, so difficult because the, the image of what Madame Leota is, 
does get all sorts of chopped and screwed once you leave the mansion thanks to to awful disney merchandising uh, i will say that there's incredible madame leota merch on things like etsy uh, and they do a really good job where they have artists that are passionate <laughs> working on their things but when it comes to the disney owned stuff it, it is pretty bad yeah, her like I said, her her holiday is just not memorable enough for me. I I just really really love the the background to the character, and I'm trying to omit that because I don't think that really attaches itself to the character. That's just me being a history nerd, but just like how that effect came to be that you brought up and how they they even had her floating the first trial. She wasn't just floating in the air like she does today or above the table. The table moved because they Mm. didn't know how to get the projecting system into the back of the the head's neck to project out from behind the face instead of being tracked. And then they tried to track it and you get the reflection. So the table moved. And then they figured out how to do it all within the the globe itself and let the the snow globe float around and that's just so cool um our girl harriet burns uh, we brought her up on the legends she was one of the the legends seeds uh she was supposed to be the face until they were like you're not quite as expressive as we want you to and essentially her protege was leota tombs which is such a perfect name to be a haunted mansion person Leota Tombs. And so here she is, Madame Leota, her daughter, like I said, is doing the Haunted Mansion holiday to this day. Um, but the voice of Madame Leota is Eleanor Audley, who was the voice of Lady Tremaine and Cinderella, or uh, sorry, Lady, Lady Tremaine from Cinderella and Maleficent, obviously. So it's cool to have like a very villainous, iconic, n- no uh, recognizable voice in the mansion but is now playing this other role of this seance keeper that is bringing the ghosts to life for the people that are touring the mansion. It's really cool. But so the history is awesome in my opinion, but does that that doesn't do anything for her character other than the the character itself and the way that she is expressive when she's calling the seance and like she's looking around the room and she's She's calling out for tambourines and looking to to hear it. Uh, her spiel is incredible. Like I said, don't remember the holiday one. Rex, I really love. Uh, obviously, growing up and having Rex as your Star Tours captain is always really fun. It's always fun encountering a new character in something that you know. And Rex did a really good job. You can do a lot in Star Wars with the droid characters. You can really botch it. You can really do well. And I think that with Rex, they they nailed it. Uh, we wanted this endearing character that's not as annoying as C-3PO, but has his quirks. And we get that out of Rex. I hate C-3PO. Love Rex. Uh, the way that they incorporate him so naturally in Toga's Cantina also is perfect for who he was. Like he's put into this role that maybe he is he's confident in or somewhat confident in, but he still is a little bit unsure and his unsureness 
in Oga's comes through him not being wired completely correct. And so there's some moments in Oga's in which he's like, he's he's naming off these songs. And this is the biggest song in this galaxy. And he throws it on. And he's out there. He's dancing. He's doing his thing. And then he short circuits. And you realize that like underneath it all, he's still that 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 Rex that we know and love. And that he wasn't, this wasn't necessarily his purpose. Neither was he as a pilot. And yet he's still giving it his all and giving it his best try. Uh, that's Kyle reading super deep into it. But I think that it, it kind of parallels from his previous life to his current life. So this is tough. Um, man, I think that... I hate this matchup. I think that I'm Find going yourself to- a man that can do both. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, so I, I think in this matchup, in this matchup, I am going to go with Madame Leota. And I'm going to go with Madame Leota because when you do encounter her, uh, even in Haunted Mansion Holiday, uh, half halfsies, you are captivated by her. She is she is your focal point. She is the only lit up thing in the room. She is the one that the only thing that is speaking. Uh, even when she's like, uh, you know, she wants to summon the tambourine. The sound of where the tambourine comes from is not necessarily where the tambourine always is. Uh, she is really the the guiding force of that room. She commands that attention. Does she do it well in Haunted Mansion Holiday? No, but I don't know that that's a product of her. I think that's a product of Imagineering trying to do the most as they often try to do. Uh, I, I she plays such a, a pivotal role in that attraction, Chris, as you said, with bringing the ghosts to to our visibility spectrum so that we can engage in this. Grim getting ghost seance party. So I'm going to go with Leota. So Tess, you're going to have to make the hard decision. You're going to have to decide between Rex and Madame Leota. How many, how many times can you butcher? Not butcher. How many times can you give Haunted Mansion Holiday a bad name and say that Leota's role is not memorable? I don't even remember it. On the thirteenth day of Christmas, my ghoul love gave to me, and all the tarot cards Uh-oh. are there. The thirteen tarot cards with all the themes there, and there's so many things to look at. It is so cool. It is one of my favorite parts of Haunted Mansion Holiday is the f-ing Leota scene. So that opinion's trash with capital. <laughs> Tea? So all of the listeners that were screaming at Kyle, um, agreed. Um, okay. So that being said, I am also getting stuck on the fact that freaking Disney can't get Madame Leota's face right, and it just makes me so mad. And I have so many fond memories of shimming around with a uh, DJ Rex. He's just, he's pretty great. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think Madame Leota is iconic and I think she's great. I think Rex is great. Oh, this is, a, this is, it's a hard, ma- it's, a hard match. it's a hard matchup. 
and I. Ugh. This is um, what we live for. This is why we do this podcast. Uh, Moments out, like this. Let's break out of the song about it. Um, I think, I think just to be spicy because Haunted Mansion is just taking over this bracket, and that Madame Leota. I. Ugh. I'm mad. I, I, I'm mad right now. I'm going to... I don't want to do DJ Rex, but I feel like I have to because he's consistently good. I don't know. I just, you know, we're going to... Madam, Madam L, you hold a special place in my heart, and Kyle is trash for not remembering your tarot card readings that are just so beautiful in the holiday season from September 2nd until January 6th. But... DJ Rex because I think he is more consistent. The end. Good night. Oh, the most contentious matchup yet on this podcast. This has happened and we have DJ Rex moving on. Amazing. Alright, let's move on to this next Elite 8 matchup. It's the number 15 Eagle Sam versus the number 10 Singing Busts. Uh, when we talked about the most American Disney thing, uh, we had a found a new appreciate uh, a discovered appreciation for America's Things. At least I did. That show is incredible. <laughs> I love that show, and I think that a lot of it is because you have this narrator who maybe isn't as involved as a John character, but is still guiding you through the story in a way that feels like you're you're cupped up in his hands and he's passing you on to the next level and it's burl that's that's all burl right there that is his warm uncle burl vibes that is doing that character design of eagle sam i hate it i hate how eagle sam looks no man yes dude No, he doesn't. He looks like they stuck a high school mascot eagle head on top of a a stuffed teddy bear body. Like, it doesn't look like feathers. It doesn't look (laughs) bird-like. All of the birds in this attraction are awful (laughs) because their wings are arms and (laughs) they, they force them to have fingers. And so the fingers are different colored feathers that just look like long talon fingernails things on their wings. That's not where these talons would be. That's not where that colored feathers would be. It is distracting and uh, and disturbing. And I don't like that Ego Sam looks like that. I like that he's freestyling off the top of the dome as you brought up last time. He loves Yankee Doodle, but he's going to work Yankee Doodle into every introduction of the next era of pop music. And he doesn't try and instill the show. He is a character that just wants you to get to the point and he introduces the next thing he like you said he's a vip he people treat him with respect they give him the best roaring 20s table in the bar he's on top of a of a poor donkey that apparently doesn't have uh, anthropomorphic features at all but is carrying him and uh, ollie ollie the owl uh, chris uh, for your favorite animal uh ollie is along with him who's serving as the person that needs to ask some questions and this annoying gopher follows them around as well so i really really like uh eagle sam he, he was a, a sneaky 
host, a sneaky character, but I'm glad that he's been brought into our lives because he's fantastic. Up against the singing bus, and I, I've, I've said what I can about them. We got Thurl, the, the, the goat. We've got Thurl, the, the legend. We, with we the finally melamin. got our Thurl versus Burl matchup here. <laughs> it's happened. Thurl versus Burl. We've been waiting. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because uh, now we can stop doing the show. That's it. We were waiting for Thurl to meet Burl and now it has and we can shut this thing down. Uh, he, he's great. Uh, Mellow Men are great. Disney legends in their own right for all that they've done in, the, in this era of Disney. Uh, they kind of suffer, I think, from that. What the, I think Tess brought up this, this phenomenon of only spending a second with them. Unless you stop because somebody needs to load back on the on the loop of the Omni mover, you're kind of just gliding past them. You spend more time with the hitchhiking ghost than you do with the singing bus by virtue of these mirrors, right? And so you swing by the the singing bus and they're very iconic, but they're the tail end of this song. I think like what may work more in their favor is if they weren't the finale of the graveyard, but maybe the beginning in which they introduced the song. Because by the time you get to them, you've heard this the song on a loop for 30 seconds. And then you get to them and they are the third loop of that of that chorus. And you're like, that's great. The the singing bus. That's really clever, but let's let's go let's get out of this graveyard. So I think that they suffer from just having to be this flash in the pan moment in the pandemonium that is the graveyard. While you have somebody like Leota who stays in her seance room and that that's her moment. You have the bride who's in the attic and that's her moment. You even have the hatbox ghost that has their moment. But singing bus, I think, exists within a larger moment that don't really... They stand out because they're different, but they aren't just what's happening in that graveyard. If anything, the the uh, cemetery dude, the gravedigger and his dog at the beginning are almost, uh, I think, uh, my favorite over even the singing bus. I'm going to go with Eagle Sam here. I think he's Ooh. an endearing host that is bringing us from era to era in a way that's interesting. We want to hear what he has to say next because he's spitting freestyles over Yankee Doodle. He's where he has costume changes. He's a great character. Nothing problematic about this boy. I like him. Uh, Kyle, I'm with you. I go, mean, this go. is this is this is <laughs> Thurl Ravenscroft at his most iconic Disney. Yep. And Burl Ives at not even his most iconic Disney. Right. And Burl just won. <laughs> what? What? Let's is go. Burl, is Burl the, the superior Earl? Oh, that's for Ooh. another bracket. That's for another episode. That's for a Patreon exclusive uh, because <laughs> Sam Eagle is moving on. Uh, Tess, your head, you, you went full on forehead to the desk um, and we're seeing nothing but the top of your head now. <laughs> Take us through the emotion. I will let all the listeners right now who have not experienced America's to Google Mr. Eagle Sam and just go and then go back like 
three, five minutes to when Kyle was talking about how stupid that costume looks and just be like, what are these boys thinking? Like, <laughs> what are they talking about? Why also go back to the last episode? Why, why the does he have an arrow? Like, who does he think he is? <laughs> is he an archery pro? I don't know. Unanswered questions. And the singing bus are f***ing awesome. So I, I'm a little mad because eagle, dude, all that shit. All the, all the bleeping you guys are going to have to do in this episode. It's fine. I'm, <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm, you're so welcome because I keep saying Sam the Eagle, but we're not talking about the Muppets. I keep thinking Sam the Eagle. I'm talking about Eagle Sam, Mr. Archery Pro, Mr. I went to the Olympics for archery. I don't know what the hell. I, I have a different theory now. I have a theory that this is an arrow that, that Sam caught. Someone Whoa. shot an arrow at him and he <laughs> no! snatched it out of thin air. You know oh. why he caught it? Because he has f***ing human hands under that costume. <laughs> like, how about how about this? Biggest <laughs> Disney badass bracket. Eagle no! Sam. Oh, no! wow. Late entry. No! Wow. Mandy, save me. Get in through <laughs> your phone and save me from this bracket. Nope. Nope, there's nope. no saving this matchup. Eagle nope. Sam moves on to the final four. Who will be our last final four member? We've got the number three seed, Jose, versus the number six seed, the ghost host. Hey, look at that. Another Haunted Mansion character. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, they all advanced uh, to the round of eight. And to me, this is the strongest of the three, uh, of the four, if I dare say so uh, myself. Um, I kind of, kind of called out on the ride best ride soundtrack bracket i called out on the q bracket i called out when we were talking disney legends the ghost host audio the ghost host dialogue monologue narration whatever you want to call it Uh uh-huh was my inspiration to write when i was in school uh and you could i could technically call myself a professional writer yeah. These days. My now the things that I write are <laughs> no more than you know, two hundred and eighty characters. Uh-huh. Uh sometimes <laughs> more, but but still. I I I my favorite ghost host line your cadaverous pallor betrays an aura of foreboding, almost as though you sense a disquieting metamorphosis. Just word art. Yep. Right there. But I would so have to good. say my runner up ghost host line is oh, I didn't mean to frighten you prematurely. The real chills come later. Now, as they say, look alive and we'll continue our little tour. And let's all <laughs> stay together, please. It's like this combination of like playfulness, um, pun, wordplay, and like um, actual genuine like hospitality. Right. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, haha, yeah, that was I'm a pretty funny guy. Oh, <laughs> ha- joke. Oh, and by the way, like, come on, we gotta do this actual tour. Let's go, people. Come on, come on, Let's come go. on. There's like a there's like a practicality to the the ghost host narration too. It never forgets the fact that it is this like tour guide of sorts, and that's really cool. Totally. It, it it it's almost like it leaves you with the question always like is the ghost host nice 
or is he mean? Uh, yeah. Is he trying to terrorize you or is he like trying to be a hospitable host? Thoughts? <laughs> I think that it's, that's the best type of like creepy is that you're, you don't know is that he's so welcoming that you, you want to stay, but you also don't quite trust him. And he, though, especially in the way that he speaks, I mean, so he, he's, he keeps you there. You want to learn more, but the way that he speaks, the tone of his voice lends to that creepiness. It's almost like he's telling you a ghost story around a fire. You stay there because you know that you're going to be safe. You feel safe with that storyteller, but something about it is still a little bit creepy. Um, I like the way that Tess described him as a blanket. <laughs> yeah. And Kyle, I like the way you described him and you kind of described Eagle Sam in the same way. It's kind of you're in his hands and he's he is maybe even controlling the movement of the doom buggy and yeah. he is maybe even physically guiding you along this tour which is uh, very cool, very omnipresent. You called out that he does dip out. Uh he dips out after the ballroom scene and he returns after the graveyard scene. Uh, and, you know, great hosts, great. Um, we, can, we can make the sports comparison here, baseball comparison, great play-by-play guys uh, <laughs> and gals know when to shut up, yeah. basically. When, when there's a big moment, guy has a career uh, home run, big play, perfect game, just silence like yep. let let the crowd noise be the thing that drives the the moment and so ghost host knows how to do that he knows that when we're going through this creepy attic i better stay quiet and like let's let this atmosphere um that is sort of like the it's like the most tense moment on the attraction right the moment that he's not around and like playing with silence is such an important part for any performer uh, so I got to tip my cap to the ghost host for that one. What do you think the ghost host looks like? <laughs> like, do you think he was, do you think he was like a human and had a, a body and now he doesn't anymore? Or like, has he always been this sort of ethereal spirit? Or is uh, he, and also, is he, is he like the Wizard of Oz? behind the curtain like is he just like watching from like a security camera room that's what i picture i like to imagine that he is like the the essence of the spiritual world and we hear him in our heads but he's not ever actually there oh and 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 in everybody's head he's speaking like just their language of course, that's not the case when you go on this attraction, but I like to think of him as that like bridge from the spirit world to our current world. And he is occupying a space in our mind as opposed to being like a physical being. Dude, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it tracks though. If we're talking about Madame Leota, like not being a, a 999 one of the 999 like there's some type of energy underneath this mansion where 
the laws of the physical realm do not apply. So maybe you don't need a body to be a being. Yeah. A thousand percent. Uh, I I actually I, that's cool that's a great theory I think he he like was a person um, <laughs> I think he was just, just he's he's one of the, the headstones in the graveyard he's just a random guy he probably was wearing a sweater <laughs> he looked um, like John from Carousel maybe, yeah Congress. he looked a little bit like Walt Disney probably <laughs> and uh, that's that's what he is. Uh, no, he's a bald man with glasses, a stocky bald man with glasses. With a great, uh, he's got a face for radio, this guy. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jose is a, a narrator, a host in his own right, but I have to stay on the ghost host this time. I had Jose staying behind last episode in the first round, and I have him staying behind in the round of eight here as well. Yeah. I'm I'm agreeing with you. The ghost host has to move on. And what was crazy about the ghost host is that in the history of the development of this attraction, is he didn't exist in the stories. Uh, when they were writing the script originally, it was going to be this like black cat that was possessed by the narrator that would be following you along the the journey and like explaining things. Thackeray like. Binks. <laughs> Thackeray was going to take you on a journey through the, the mansion. And then they were like, no, maybe not that. So then they did it as a raven. And so the raven was going to be the person that followed you along and, and told you the story of the mansion, what's going on. And then even then X, Atencio had this absolutely bonkers idea of what should it, why it shouldn't be the Raven. It should be this. This is a quote from that Jeff Bam book that I referenced earlier. At one point, X considered placing an amulet in a collar or necklace worn by the animal. And then finally seen around the neck of one of the hitchhiking spooks in the mirror at the end of the attraction in an attempt to demonstrate that the narrator was actually one of the hitchhiking ghosts who now intended to possess you as you left the ride. Okay. So this, so there was going to be this like collar that you saw on an animal and the animal was going to be leading you through like, like the cat maybe. And then at the end of the attraction, you were going to see the collar on a hitchhiking ghost who was then going to be in your place, which is kind of what you're talking about with Gus, who sits like almost on top of you and not necessarily in between you or on top of your your ride vehicle. And so the collar would be essentially on you as if you were being possessed by the narrator, which is the scary version of like who the narrator is. He's not super hospitable. He's he's taking over your body as you go through this yeah, that's attraction. Rude. That's rude. <laughs> oh man. So it's crazy. But the yeah, the ghost host is definitely gonna move on here. He like I said, while it's a it's a voice and a narration, the way in which the voice guides you physically, because the doom buggies are moving, makes it feel like you are interacting with the ghost host the entire time. Uh, love Jose, obviously love the tiki room. Uh, that's another place where it's you know you're kind of overstimulated with all the movement and the things. Jose, I think, is a great character. He's an icon of that Enchanted Tiki Room attraction. But when you have two essential hosts up against each other, Ghost Host is going to take down Jose every single time. Uh, Tess, 
any disagreements with that? Nope. Love it. All right. Let's move on to the first matchup of the final four. It's the Hitchhiking Ghost at the one seed versus number five, Rex. Baby boy. Okay. I think I have to go. I think I have to go Rex this round. <gasps> I think that we've said all that we can about the go- the Hitchhiking Ghost. I think they're a fantastic finale of the Haunted Mansion. I've said how they are definitely icons of the attraction itself. They are featured on the poster, featured in merch. They are a big part of the attraction. But unless you're reading the the fan guides, then you don't really necessarily understand their backstory. You don't need to for this attraction. Uh, the gag is great. Everything about them is fantastic. But I think that the way that Rex has always existed and has felt original but familiar, something that's been endearing, something somebody that you want to go back and revisit over and over again, so much so that he has been brought back to us and we want to go to Oga's and, and sit with DJ Rex and have a couple of drinks and listen to his music and and hear his voice again. Uh, I think that's the, that's the power of a really great Disneyland character. Uh, he has his own backstory, as I read last time, just like the Hitchhiking Ghost. So he's not just existing within our world. There's a canon to him, just like the Hitchhiking Ghost. He's instrumental to his attractions now and then. And I think that's very important. He lives on. I like Rex. I'm going to move Rex to the finals. This one's definitely tough for me because I love the Hitchhiking Ghost. I mean, like you said, it's a really great way to end the attraction. Every horror, every good horror movie and a staple of the horror genre movies, we're talking movies. um, I guess we could be talking anything is that (laughs) the evil is never defeated. The evil lives on after the movie's over. Um, the, the, the monster, the killer always gets away. The monster didn't actually die. It's, it's still out there. Um, even if the characters themselves might be safe. And so the hitchhiking ghosts play into that trope by the ghost host saying, and a ghost will follow you home. And then you get assigned your specific hitchhiking ghosts. We're going to go ahead and hope that it's not Gus because no (laughs) one knows what he's capable of. We're also going to go ahead and hope that it's not Phineas because we don't want to buy into his MLM. We're going to, we're going to always hope that it's Ezra because he is, is this is just what he does. He's the most well-traveled and he's probably very uh, utilitarian buddy to have with you at all times. Um, But then you go out back into Disneyland park and in spirit, you have uh, a ghost with you, um, which as an adult, it's really fun as a kid who knows could be totally <laughs> and completely terrifying, but um, it's, it's definitely a, a tradition of mine, of my family to when, when we get that ghost in that mirror, you know, who knows what we might do to that ghost in the mirror. <laughs> you know, we might be, we might be picking his nose. We might give him a little wet willy, sure. might give him a little head scratch. Who knows? But uh-huh. uh, that's always a fun little interactive uh, thing to end the ride on, which I think is really cool. Um, Like Rex a lot, love his... uh career pivot late in life, never too late for anyone to change direction. 
uh, go ahead and pursue the things that you love, Rex. Um, I guess he was programmed to do it. So yeah, he like <laughs> essentially died and then got reprogrammed to do something else. Rex like Rex is like, I wanted to die. Why did they repro? Why did they bring me back? I had I a beautiful done. death, noble death, done. noble one. I was that done. Was it? I was destined for the great trash heap in the sky <laughs> and Oga pulled me back in. Um, yeah, I, uh, I had John advancing over the, ha- the hitchhiking ghosts. <laughs> I almost said hat box goes yikes. <laughs> um, I had John moving past the hitchhiking ghost in the last round, but I think I'm going to change things up. Oh, I think I have the hitchhiking ghosts. Here we go. Going to the finals. Uh, Team Unibrow, I'm sorry. Um, respect <laughs> to you, Rex. But uh, but the ghosts uh, the ghosts are fun. I think I think they punctuate my favorite attraction perfectly. Tess, this is a huge tiebreaker for you. I mean, I'm I'm a haunted mansion girl through and through. And uh, when you put these two up together, I mean, Hitchhiking Ghosts, they, they haven't done me wrong, ever. Even with the shitty merch, the, the merch is less because they're on it, you know? They just, hmm. if it was just Haunted Mansion, you know, the lime, lime green graffiti art, whatever they're trying to do out there with the merch, then, like, who needs it? But the Hitchhiking Ghosts, they give it that extra edge. Yeah, it's definitely hitchhiking ghosts over Rex. Sorry, Rex, you you made it you made it pretty far in this bracket, thanks to me. Um, but hitchhiking ghosts, uh, yeah, it's 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 it, that's it. All right, and the who will face the hitchhiking ghosts in the finals? We've got the number fifteen Eagle Sam. Can <laughs> he go all the way? Versus the number six seed Go Host. And, okay. This one's easy. No. Slam, right? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. This is another situation where, like any other situation, I might, I might troll a little bit. Here. Yeah, yeah. But um, Eagle Sam, fun character to get to know. America sings, fun attraction to get to know. This episode, as well as our uh, best, most American Disney thing episode, uh, super underrated. I would love to like go back in time and see it. Um, I think a, a fun concept and I think they pulled it off really well, but, uh, the ghost host is moving on to the finals for me. Yep. Same. And I have solved why Sam has an arrow in his hand. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. The, and why he wears that like s- blue bar with the striped chest plate in a lot of the attraction is because that's the seal of the United States is an eagle holding arrows in one talon and olive branch in the other and then he has that like that that emblem over his chest Uh, and that's why eagle sam has a um an arrow in his hand he is like so stupid the great seal of the united states it is the, the ghost host that's moving on here uh i totally agree um tess i'm sure that you're ready to see go or see eagle sam go home i mean don't get down on yourself like it's it's 
it's a pretty big stretch, though, like to think that this eagle with hands has anything to do with the United States of America. Like, I even don't don't get down on yourself. Forgive yourself <laughs> for that. First of all, um, bye, Sam. Yep. See you later, or not. Sam will be back. I know Sam will be back if I know our podcast. The evil right. lives on, folks. Yep, the eagle can never will live be on. defeated. Nope. We're in our finals, and it's an all mansion finals. The odds were were for it. It is the number one hitchhiking ghost versus number six ghost host, and I'm going. I'm going to crown the ghost host. Mm-hmm. I think that when you compare these two, you have the the great send off of the hitchhiking ghost. And Chris, you did a great job of embodying what it is to encounter the hitchhiking ghost. It's not just that you pass by them and you're like, that's great. It's almost like you're leaving with them. You quite literally leave with them and you have this interaction with them and it's always fun. You don't sit there. You're you're messing with them. You're You're putting your arm through them. Like it's a fun way to end this attraction. But the ghost host without without the host and without the ghost host, then this is just another haunted attraction in which you're not really understanding totally what's going on. Not that the ghost host provides too much more context, but at least the ghost host is someone that you can rely on to help explain what is happening or what is about to come. That storytelling, the, the script, like you said, is just pristine. It is fantastic. The performance, Paul Fries does it again. You got to love him. It, when, when I think about Disney and especially Disney parks, I think of that, that immersion and that storytelling. And that's what you get out of the ghost host, especially when I was explaining who I think the ghost host is. This other being, this feeling that is just kind of telling you in your head as you explore the, the mansion they're providing that storytelling and they're immersing you in it. And part of it is to have this ghostly voice follow you along the, around the house. It's not like the submarine captain. This is like the house speaking to you. And I think that's really, really cool. So I'm crowning the number six ghost host as the best Disneyland character. Was that a little, was that a little Encanto uh, parallel there? The house mm-hmm. is speaking to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. we might have to get Mirabelle into the mansion and see what hey, happens. Let's do it. I agree with what you're saying about the ghost host being so important to um, the spirit of not just this attraction, but of Disney, yeah. Disneyland in general. Um, and the way that this, narration is able to put you in a place without being able to even see the person makes it so powerful. Um, and that's really, I think, you know, what Disney stands for. It's inspiration, it's creativity. It, it gets your, gets your brain juices flowing. And that's definitely what the ghost host has always done for me all these years. Unfortunately, what, the hitchhiking ghosts. You can what? see them. Oh, you can see them. You can look at them. In addition to being a place of inspiration and creativity, Disneyland is also a place of visual stimulation. Sure. The hitchhiking huh. ghosts are cool AF to look at. <laughs> you can see them. You can hear them. You can smell them. And if you want to count picking their 
ethereal, ephemeral, ephemeral noses. <laughs> you can say that you can touch them as well, or maybe taste them. Maybe maybe next time I'm 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 licking uh, Gus's beard or something. Who knows? <laughs> time will tell. I'm going with the hitchhiking ghosts. Oh man. I got the one seed winning this bracket. Thumbs in the air for Team Hitchhiking Ghosts. So, Tess, big, big moment for you. Man, big Haunted Mansion moment. I love this. I am in euphoria right now. Let's all just take a moment. (laughs) And, and, And let's everyone just acknowledge. And you can't ever tell me ever again that the Haunted Mansion is not the best Disneyland attraction because here we are folks. Yeah. We just keep showing up with the mansion in the finals. Big, big haunted mansion guys. All right. So I was just going to say before Chris, before you rambled about how you can see the hitchhiking ghost, that how cool is it that the ghost host has made it this far when he is auditorial, like all the narrators, that are auditory only in this bracket. I mean, I I wouldn't have necessarily thought just looking at the whole bracket that any of them would have made it this far. But if anyone was going to do it, it would be the ghost host. I mean, I, I I get what you're saying, Chris, but the visual of the hitchhiking ghosts are so iconic and so great. But the ghost host, I mean, he talks about the ghost following you home. I mean, he like follows you through the whole ride. Like he's just there all the time. You're like, oh man, ghost host forgot about me. Now nah, he comes. He comes back. Um, <laughs> I think even though we only hear the ghost host, I, I think he's the winner. I think he's it. When you, you you know you you you've got 13 minutes of time with the ghost host versus like 10 seconds or 30 seconds with the hitchhiking ghost, and I. You can't compare the two. I, I think it's the ghost host. He's, he's got it. All right. We've done it. We found the best Disneyland character and is the number six seed, the ghost host. And as we do at the end of every bracket, we're going to clap it out. Mansion continues to reign supreme here on the Mouse Madness podcast, Chris. Sure does. Definitely not mad about it. Uh, always appreciate <laughs> another dub for the mansion and specifically another dub for the ghost host. Sure. Totally. Um, Tess, thank you so much for doing the heavy lifting. You've got about an hour and 15 minutes on this one <laughs> to add to your playlist. So you're just racking up, racking up that airtime. Thanks for having me. It's always a good time. Uh, thanks for dealing with my uh, my my cocktail um, fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank great you way. for no, dealing with my cocktail fun. Yeah, that's a great. That was that embodied it perfectly. <laughs> All right, everyone. You know how to reach us. You got something to say about attraction characters? Do you have a bracket idea? Do you want to hop in? And do some co-hosting of your own. Get your own little Mouse Madness podcast hosting playlist going. <laughs> Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. All those channels are linked in the description of this podcast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash mousemadness where you can become a member of Jerry's gang by joining us at the $5 level where you'll have access to things like 
two bonus Jerry's Gang Mouse Madness episodes a month. Uh, we just broke down everything that D23 had to offer over there on Jerry's Gang. So yep. uh, go ahead and check it out. You'll also get access to things like our seasonal Disney trivia. Shout out to Marissa, back-to-back Jerry's Gang <laughs> trivia winner. It was a super fun time, super well-attended event uh, last time around. Definitely want to check it out. Folks, we hope you enjoyed this one. If you didn't, just want to give you a little apology it was our first flight, and we're still getting used to our programming. 